0: Chalenko, your host for Wisdom at the Crossroads, the podcast. My door is open and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice. I imagine you coming in to sit down with a beverage in hand, a little morning coffee or an afternoon tea to catch up. But hey, it's five o'clock somewhere, so feel free to come just as you are. I like to think of us as slowing down for a bit to share in the backstories of an artistic life exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. This invitation to join in on discussions of a visual medium, without the visuals, affords you not only a pause from the busyness of your own day, but also allows you an opportunity to co-create and connect to your own stories through the example of mine. Season 1 began in my archives, while Season 2 will focus a little more in the present. I hope you'll enjoy the stories of my work evolving and share in the wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Make sure to stay tuned for the short meditation that concludes each episode. I know you'll walk away refreshed and able to simply be more and do a little less. To end off our second season, I'm keeping with my intention to share the backstories of works that are available. And for this episode, for a change of pace, a still life. I don't paint a lot of still lives, but I thought a still life painting, particularly one called an active still, might help to reinforce the idea of presence that has followed us through the first two seasons of the podcast. Today's feature painting is imaginatively called Active Still Purple. I don't know where such a bland title came from, if I'm honest. I was clearly lacking in energy when it came time to labelling this one. I can't explain why I couldn't even at least find a synonym for purple, amethyst, periwinkle, mauve, anything to jazz it up, but here it is, and there we are. The name might lack some luster, but the composition makes up for that lack with its cheery disposition. The still life genre, by definition, describes a work of art that depicts mostly inanimate subject matter. This style of painting flourished in the Netherlands during the early 1600s but hasn't been limited to that period. When we generally think of a still-life painting, descriptors such as inert, gentle and quiet can often come to mind. I'm not known for creating inert and still arrangements. My still-life paintings tend to have some personality in keeping with the difficulty I have in colouring in lines. They are an arrangement of shapes and lines contained in an interior, yes, but I called it an active still for a reason. The marks that describe the subject are energetic and loose, and keep the eye travelling. The composition, unlike many works of the genre, is not imbued with a subtext of symbolism. Instead, it was simply an exercise in composition on my paint wall. Adding energy to a still life to create an active still is the result of a few little tricks coming into play. Colour, for one, is important. In any composition, I tend to use colour in multiple areas across the surface. This helps to encourage the viewer's eye to travel as it picks up the colour cues. The composition or structure of a painting follows some prescribed formal patterns. I tend to use those as suggestions rather than rules and encourage compositional features to be maybe a little off sometimes, as this will help to encourage visual energy on the surface. I also employ devices such as angular motifs or pathways between elements that move in a diagonal direction. All of these tactics combine to add personality to what is considered to be a still-life painting of a group of inanimate objects. The painting active still purple is 30 inches by 40 inches of acrylic on panel, which means she is no shrinking violet. This piece began with a sketch that didn't completely make it off the paint wall. At the time I may have considered it a false start that was relegated to the back of the bus until it ended up where it is today. To refer to a painting as a false start, I should clarify, is not always a negative label. Sometimes I'm not satisfied with where a particular piece is going and I do abandon it. Sometimes something might be left unfinished when a painting period ends or I take a break around my family's schedule or school holidays. Sometimes it can be intentional, and sometimes not so much. It's not that I didn't like what was happening on the paint wall with this painting. It might just mean time away from the paint wall leads me down a different path, and I want to start off with a fresh vision. Sometimes abandoning work is intentional, and sometimes the painting start just gets lost in the studio shuffle or calls for more rest than the average bear. Still life as a subject is not something I generally lean towards, though during the past summer I painted a few still lives in the Sweet Sweet series. They were a group of 11 by 14s on panel. Mini Still Alpha was one of the little paintings of that group. This little guy was a favourite that I had intended to find a place for in my personal collection, but found itself a new home in quick time. Unlike the bigger, active still in purple, the sweet, sweet example was begun and completed at the end of a painting period when my painting muscle was flexed and in a comfortable rhythm. This little one flowed onto the substrate in soft and easy mugs, built in some energy with diagonal elements in the composition and settled with a reduced color palette. She has travelled a long way from the shores of Lake Winnipeg to her new adoptive home. I hope the energy of the prairie and my purple lilacs from the side yard at the cottage, breathe freshness and light into her new, surroundings sea-around. Active still in purple, unlike the mini still, is hanging close to home. I've found her a spot in my tiny studio and enjoy her enthusiasm each day when I walk into my office. She witnesses both action and stillness throughout the day and is a reminder that colour can bloom in all seasons on the Canadian prairies, and our summer contained and captured in this way can keep blooming with energy and enthusiasm forever. If you find yourself in my neighbourhood and want to stop in to meet my active still, in purple, by all means bring you a cup of joe and settle in with me for a moment in her presence. I'll have a tall decaf Americano with oat milk if you're offering. Reflecting, contemplating, pausing and taking time for ourselves has been the foundation of the personal work we have been engaging in together within this meditative practice. When we are present, all kinds of opportunities become available to us. We get to excavate our own wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. I thought a labyrinth walk might turn into another tool we could add to our kit that helps us to find presence as we navigate our way through all that life presents us. Given that this is the final episode for Season 2, the concept of action contrasting stillness seemed to pair nicely with the active stillness we discussed in today's painting example. So, what is a labyrinth? In existence for thousands of years, a labyrinth winds its way to a contemplative centre and unfools as it returns us to where the curved pathways began. They are generally a compact physical unit that contains within it an entire journey. While there are many ritual associations with a labyrinth walk, we can enter and allow the prescribed pathway to lead the way to its core. We have a labyrinth in our city that I have always wanted to visit. And for some reason, a cool November morning was the day I chose to take my inaugural walk. If you have walked a labyrinth in your past, feel free to bring those memories along as we take our self-care walk today, together. If a prescribed pathway like this is new to you, as it is to me, let's just be open to listening to the wisdom at our core as we make our way along the journey. So let's settle in, shall we? Wherever you are, find a comfortable spot where you aren't likely to be interrupted for a little while. Reclined or seated, it makes no difference at all, but do take a moment to make sure you are as comfortable and supported as your body requires. Let's take a few deep breaths to let our body know we are being intentional in allocating this time for self-care, that our focus is turning inward. Breathe in a nice, round inhale. Pause at the top to contain that expansive breath, then release the breath on the exhale. Let's repeat that process a couple of times, breathing in, taking a pause, and releasing. Breathing in to expand, pausing, then breathing out to release. The goal is to encourage the physical body to pause, to rest and relax. Continue to breathe naturally, yet consciously, as we begin our labyrinth journey. The labyrinth I chose to navigate is the Carol Shields Memorial Labyrinth in our local King's Park. I chose a weekday morning to walk my first labyrinth. I was thinking there would not be others in the vicinity and I was right. I followed a tractor that was clearing a walkway of snow along the Red River. It was still snowing lightly. Overnight accumulation was minimal, but the wind was kicking up across the adjacent pond that had recently turned white and solid. I'll invite you into my hometown with descriptions of my actual adventure as we walk through the process together. So let's begin by visualising a series of curved plantings. The paths of this physical labyrinth are delineated by clusters of hardy perennials and native plants designed to survive the challenges of prairie living through all of its seasons. Your climate might inform the visuals you experience when you close your eyes to imagine a circular path outlined by local plantings. You might imagine scented, old-fashioned or shrubbed roses planted in pastel rows or solid, curated and clipped hedges outlining the pathways that divide the circular paths, or maybe you see a more naturalistic series of plantings like those I experienced peeking out of the accumulating snow. Visualise yourself entering the prescribed arcs of the labyrinth, my pathway curved to the left. The unusual bowl shape of this labyrinth on Manitoba's prairie invites snow to blow and accumulate. Though the snow wasn't deep this early in the season, to the uninitiated like me, a few inches of snow easily blurred the boundary between the designed pathways of the labyrinth itself and the plantings of the surrounding area. As you move forward, notice what surface you see your feet step upon as you make your way into the prescribed circle. Is it a path of short-clipped, soft green grass that invites bare feet? Is it a compacted and well-trodden gravel walkway? Is it the colour of crushed pink granite or blue metal grey? Is it made of warm and rounded sun-bleached river rock? Or perhaps it's a temporary pathway sketched into sand? If you're lucky, it could be a medieval tiled surface in the cathedral. Feel yourself supported on the pathways you see opening up before you. On the day I made my first walk, the tracks of squirrel and deer crisscrossed the paths ahead of me in the fine, soft, white snow. The first outer curve of the labyrinth is one of the longer ones. Make your way along it until this first arc comes to a conclusion and turns to curve back on itself. You will change direction and continue on a parallel pathway. Try to take a deep breath as you make this transition in this process of active stillness. A labyrinth walk is said to be a journey on which we can take with us our concerns and prayers, our questions and hopes, or our dreams and desires. It's a place we can choose to work through something or a place we can move through with acceptance and an open heart. How you choose to navigate these concentric arcs on any visit is up to you. Continue to notice your feet in forward motion as you move through each arc and turn. Allow your steps to be grounded through the recurring transitions. Notice your connection to the earth as you walk and turn. Try to be aware of your connection to the moment as you are drawn along. As you get closer to the center, you'll notice interior pathways become shorter. Has anything in particular surfaced for you so far along this journey? Are you listening? Are you allowing? With each step along your chosen substrate, allow yourself some space to listen to your own thoughts. If you came with an open and curious mind, be aware and notice if anything resonates for you along the way. My journey on this day was not an easy one, and maybe that's what I needed. In stepping across the deepening snow, I was reminded that the paths we travel are not always what we plan for or anticipate. They don't always follow a prescriptive path. On this path I found myself blazing my own trail, contemplating each step as I negotiated the bumps in the road. I was aware that the loads I carry within me and into the curve of this circular path are what I needed to take there in this moment. There are obstacles. There are turns. Some were prescribed by the form the labyrinth took. Others were unexpected and due to external circumstances like the weather. Weather was a little barrier to my journey. We can also carry metaphoric weather like turbulence or volatile conditions within us as we travel through this process. Wherever your journey takes you, know that it is exactly where it should be at this singular point in time. The centre of a labyrinth is a literal turning point, a place where we can leave our expectations behind and open ourselves to the potential of discovering an answer to the question or questions we have brought with us on this healing journey. There is no right or wrong way to undertake this short walk and also no single way for revelation to manifest. We are all unique and our impressions and our responses will be unique too. It pays to pay attention, to embrace the quiet. The core of a labyrinth is said to be a place of wisdom, so take a moment to pause in the middle. On the exit route, our pathways begin with the shorter interior arcs that turn more quickly. We gather momentum. With each prescribed step along the returning pathways, feel yourself become lighter and more light-filled. Accept any inspiration as well as the metaphysical support you have received on the journey. Be present. Listen to the sounds around you. Listen for any sounds within. Encourage the healing energy of resolution and acceptance to infiltrate the cells of the physical body as you make your way back to the beginning. You might have set your labyrinth walk in bright sunlight today or imagined it nestled in cool shade. It might have furnished your personal ideas in a particular place or it might have brought you in step with my journey amongst gently falling snow against the chill of the developing wind blowing across a pathway that was at times blurred. Your steps might have taken you on a smooth and contemplative pathway within clearly delineated boundaries. Or your path may have even felt like it was climbing uphill. Maybe it was like my Canadian pathway that was literally tough sledding in a transitioning season where my steps were laboured as I waded through deepening snow. Whatever you felt or saw as an image, or heard as a sound, or knew as a stream of consciousness, was exactly what you were destined to discover along this visual journey in this moment. Our self-care journey today is coming to a natural conclusion. If you have the luxury of time, I would encourage you to sit with yourself, your stories, your thoughts and musings for a little while longer. Now that we have set an intention to listen in to the wisdom of our core, the universe will seek ways to help us to know and understand what we need to know and understand. To conclude our meditative journey, let's take a deep and cleansing breath. Let's invite the light to continue to flow within our interior structures and help us to release anything that no longer serves with the intentional exhale. Inhale and invite. Exhale to release. Inhale to invite. Exhale to release. Continue with your personal rhythm and begin to invite gentle movement into your physical body. Rotate the wrists and the ankles. Open and close the hands. Scrunch and relax your feet. Open your eyes when you are ready and go gently into the journey of the rest of your day. May you feel as refreshed as I did as I made my way from the healing bowl of the labyrinth's concentric, circular paths to the warmth and protection of my car out of the elements. Namaste. for joining me in this practice time is precious and I'm very grateful you have chosen to spend some of your valuable time with me I hope you feel refreshed after our pause together if you're able to, I'd recommend spending a little extra time on yourself right now meditation helps me to feel refreshed on all levels in fact, I'm often surprised at the depth of my focus moving forward into the rest of my day Your imagination is a gift, and I love that you get to co-create mentally along with me. But if you would like to see the visuals I discuss in the episode, you can catch the show notes and images in the blog on my website, mandart.ca, which is a whole lot simpler than trying to spell my name on Chilenko. If you have enjoyed the invitation to take a little break and found something that resonated for you, please feel free to share this opportunity with a friend or to write a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd be very grateful for your contribution. So, until we meet again on a Tuesday, may you find your own wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Bye now.